What? Welcome to the Docs Who Lift podcast, where we distill and simplify the complexities of a healthy lifestyle, exercise, medicine, and weight loss. We're excited to bring you a podcast that's a prescription for clinical practice, scientific recommendations, and just real life. This is the Docs Who Lift podcast. Hey, and welcome back to the Docs Who Lift podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Spencer Nadolsky. Right before this started, I told my brother to remove the water fountain that's in the background because it sounds like someone's taking a piss. There's a there's a cat water fountain. I know I can hear it in the background. So anyway, today we're going to be talking about a tweet. (laughs) I know, like this is going to just turn into a hater podcast. It seems like because um, we're always just going to be talking. Really has nothing to do with the person who said. No, it doesn't matter. We can. This is a this is a real legit topic that we have always. Yeah, we've struggled with since we were you know even thinking about medical school. Okay, so we just released our crossover. podcast with the the unbiased science podcast folks and uh it was all about andrew huberman so anyway he made a tweet the other day i think it's fair to ask if the md or scientist or public health official saying to do x or not to do y looks and sounds healthy and vital i avoid going to a dentist with bad teeth what do you think i sense diverging opinions on this yeah, great. I mean, this is a if you look at marketing, this is a this is a pretty good marketing tool to kind of really polarize the 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 top. You pick a side. Yeah. You don't you don't go in the middle because doing wishy washy actually doesn't do well. Market. You got to right, pick a is, side, which is what I do because that's how all science is. It's always yeah <laughs> it's always yeah. So, so you I pick, pick a side. You you have the people that agree with you will boost your algorithm with your posts, and the people that disagree with you will also boost it because they'll start tweeting it and saying stuff. So um, what's interesting is that, like, I, I actually quoted, tweeted it, uh, and so did you. Well, I did I tweet it or did I do the Instagram thing? Or no, I, no, you you did a quote, you did a quote thing, I and, can't and tell the difference between tweeting a, and Xing and uh, you're a so tweeter. <clears throat> you're a tweeter. Let's see, let's go. So your um, you said we, the docs who lift, certainly once thought that all docs should look healthy, then learn that there's more to a clinician's expertise than the cover of their book. Like Dr. Nadolsky said, that's me. Some people, despite you being the Dr. Nadolsky as well, some people look fit, but take drugs like anabolic steroids. Health habits may not look it, meaning that like you can look a certain way, but not be healthy. So like, right. well, yeah. So there are tons of people who maybe look really good. They have really good physiques. Uh, the obvious ones being, you know, athletes or, or, um, you know, any fitness people who take performance enhancing drugs. Those are, that's not healthy, you know, taking anabolic steroids, not good for you, but they might look the part <clears throat> that, that they're yeah. talking about. And on the, on the flip side, very obviously, uh, is is the you know just like patients who are struggling with their weight or other problems that they have um they may not have that stereotypical healthy quote-unquote appearance but they are absolutely doing all the right things and may be very healthy on the inside that gets into the you know the healthy at every size stuff Um, and there are so many other things going on in life that you know there are things well beyond people's control that actually cause them to either 
be healthy or not healthy, and also maybe look a certain way. Do you, you know one of our good, one of my good friends, <clears throat> who I went to, uh, in, in, I, I went through internal medicine residency with, who went on to be a hematology oncologist. You know, uh, Dan Bowers. We should have got him on this because we had this discussion with him once upon a time, a long time ago, ten years ago. Yeah, I think it was probably more than that, by the way. But, um, but anyways, and and 12. his his question, I think, you know, his point was something along the lines of, so would you rather have the most brilliant oncologist who absolutely can guide you to your healthiest journey battling cancer, who happens to struggle with obesity, maybe even, and maybe even doesn't have the best healthy habits, or the person who, you know, really does look that certain way, but doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like it's obviously it's like, it's, a, it's a it's a lo it's a logical fa it's a fallacy. Yes, it's just a, it's a it's a classic fallacy. So I, I of course had to make a sarcastic quote, <laughs> and I just I quote quoted it and said, "Or takes exogenous, non clinically indicated testosterone," and that's basically because there's a lot of people um, who basically take testosterone replacement therapy when it's not indicated we've had many podcasts yeah. about when it's, it's indicated actually, that, well that's kind of what i was getting essentially they're taking, basically their, taking steroids. they're taking steroids because if and you they, don't have something to replace then it's they, not replacement therapy they they're look drugs and they look they you know they're pretty jacked yeah. you know there's so a, there's also a selection bias with that though because those people are they're already exercising already they've been working out and all that stuff all yeah these. they're just taking drugs to try to make it right so like you know, so somebody advanced. looks a little bit more has a little bit more vitality just by looking at them their 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 shoulders are a little bit more capped and broad they got a v to them a little bit and chiseled chiseled appearance from exogenous steroids so let's listen to that person instead of the person who knows more um so and, and then what, what the reason i brought this up too is because gary tobbs if anybody knows who he is good calories bad calories guy he's low, a very low carb zealot journalist who pretends to be a scientist yeah I, yeah I, he definitely thinks he's smarter than scientists so he he basically resp he responded to you on twitter and he said who would you trust for advice about weight loss, the MD who lost 100 pounds but who still looks a bit out of shape, or the MD who is always lean, fit, and muscular and still is. So basically describing you in the, in the latter, the person yeah. who had abs in utero. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? I don't necessarily disagree with that perspective because that's, a, that's kind of a – I would say that's maybe a personal perspective you know, from, from a patient or, or anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, think we shouldn't be judging anybody honest no but, okay. here's but what i would I, I say don't totally disagree with them yeah but, i you know and i've been doing all the healthy habits since i was a little kid too so here's that, what i will say i would say that i don't really care who they are whoever gets who first of all bedside matter matters in in uh medicine so like who i'm gonna jive with who i know has the best knowledge and who has the results uh and who follows you know standard of practice type of thing that's yeah. that's who i want to follow i don't you know whether they look a certain way or not because well, here's the like other thing Dan Bowers was saying, right? but here's you know? the other thing there are a lot of people who use some specific method to lose weight and they become biased in their mm -hmm. own right and that that's the way and well, you see this in the keto and you also see it in the plant-based community as well yeah but uh the keto world there are some just absolute keto zealot doctors out there who they did it this way. So like it, there is no other way. Right. And so which, they, which is are, great that they were able to do it. And yeah, strong for work. Like Good we always for say you. that's awesome. But then to say that that's the only way to in complete 
disagreement with the body of evidence that that we can use to personalize therapy for people is just really unfortunate. So some of the, so some I would say that some of those people actually are worse than any of them. They're mm-hmm. some of the worst out there, uh, just from experience. So um, it's an interesting topic. I would <clears> say like you know like yeah. I, like, so let's go, let's take it for the, the good analogies for football. Bill Belichick, <laughs> he, you know, doesn't look like he's a, a, a super athletic football player guy, right. but g- just obviously a mind for it. I mean, he had Tom well, Brady. I don't know. You want to get into Well, well, but, but that, okay. But, but you can go on and on about coaches, right? I mean, yeah. let's, let's talk about we're Spartans and Tom Izzo one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time. He's a little guy. I think he was a very good athlete. You know, he played basketball and football and all that stuff, but he wasn't division one caliber. You know yeah. what I mean? He's just an amazing coach. And, um, and you can go across the board on a lot of football player or football coaches uh, and, and basketball coaches and, and even wrestling coaches Yeah, that actually, so as you know, we're wrestlers and football players, and that's a really good analogy. We know plenty of really, really, really good wrestlers. And in fact, I had a pretty good run. I don't feel that I'm a great coach necessarily. I think I have some <laughs> benefit for some people, but but there are people who are just amazing coaches. That's a whole different ball game. And it's very similar, you're right, to uh, physicians and other clinicians trying to help people. Yeah, honestly, it's just like, it doesn't necessarily correlate to them being good at whatever profession they're at. I mean, I, the other thing, bringing it back to medicine, like I, I think a lot of women prefer women gynecologists and, and uh, obstetricians. However, it, like for men, like you would, you wouldn't be able like, they just simply wouldn't be at all good at it. So like, honestly, whoever's going to be good at it. And I do, I mean, I think if I were a woman, I'd probably prefer a woman if I were, uh, having a baby, but like, honestly, who's going to get the baby out? Um, without harming it, you know, type of thing. And then, yeah, think about, you know, oncology, the person doesn't have to go and have cancer to be able to be a good, the, the cardiologist yes. doesn't have to have a heart attack to be good at that. Well, so yeah, I guess that would be like us. Yeah. We don't, we, um, you know, don't have to have obesity on the other hand. Um, I, I definitely have heard of some patients and I think there have been some mixed studies on this topic too. I'm trying to look them up as we talk, but, um, where, yes, yeah, some people have said, you know, at least anecdotally that they, they, they like it when somebody has gone through what they've gone through. And I always tell them, you know, there are, there are plenty of physicians who are struggling with obesity too, just like any other patient. Yeah. And they're really working hard. They're doing the best they can. And they may not look the part either. And they may not even had, you know, clinical success yet, but they're doing what they can do. So there, there's just a really yeah, I've, I've, a lot of my patients are <clears throat> physicians or nurse practitioners or uh, PAs, um, physician is it assistant or associates now? I don't know. I can't, whatever, but APPs. That's, what? Well, oh, well, physician assistants and nurse practitioners. Yeah, but they call them, aren't they physician associates yeah, now? APPs and mid-levels. Yeah, I don't know. But nurse practitioners, anyway, whatever. But whatever, clinicians, medical providers who are my patients who have struggled themselves and have been struggling forever despite their best efforts. And so, um, you know, we're all human. That's why we have, you know, the disease of obesity is pervasive and it's biological. Uh, so... Anyway, it's an interesting topic. This is kind of a short little podcast we want to do because of this tweet. And we've talked about this often. We've seen some studies that indicate that, hey, um, it would seem that those who 
exercise and did all that stuff, people would listen to them. But there has been there. Some patients have told me in the past that they were very uh, intimidated yeah. by me yeah, because yeah. they looked me up and like, oh, this guy's going to be so much. Oh, and then he ends up being a reasonable guy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm decently, just yeah. decent. Come yeah. on. But, but there are some studies, aren't there some studies that yeah. show uh, one way or the other? And, and it turns out that one of the studies, I can't remember which one, but it was just like when we had this discussion 10 years ago, one of the studies showed that it's not so much that the the, the person has confidence in what they're saying. It's, it's that the person giving the advice is more likely to give that advice because they do it themselves. And so right. it's, it's, so it's, it's not actually the physical appearance. It's the actual habits that yeah. the person has that, uh, are more likely to then translate into lifestyle behavior change recommendations and behavior change. Yeah. I mean, but there are other things I, you know, there is what, you know, there's one study, um, you know, a big, huge, you know, cross-sectional study, um, that suggested that patients don't necessarily have a, a preference over gender other than the OBGYN thing. They did. Yeah. What they say? Definitely. Yeah. So in the, in the OBGYN thing, they definitely prefer females. Yeah, I would. I mean, where yeah. it, it, most of them, um, about a third of people of the females did not have a preference. Only 8% preferred a male, which is interesting. interesting that there were some 8%, but, but in another study I saw, um, the majority of participants had no preference over doctors gender for general medical stuff. Um, but they did prefer the doctor's attire to be somewhat formal. And this huh. is interesting for me uh, with a white coat, because in our clinic, I actually don't wear a white coat. Oh, because, they did say white coat. Actually, well, you know, I'm sure that they're mixed data on that. Huh. But here, here's some, I think, some more interesting things. They said the doctor's hair dye, facial hair, piercings, and tattoos didn't bother a majority of patients. And, you know, there are a lot of people who judge books by the cover, you know, with those types of things. Hmm. And that's, you know, there's a lot of stereotyping out there for a lot of different reasons. But, um, you know, I think that was interesting. And um, and then, of course, there are more research, uh, you know, plenty of studies looking at the whole, you know, could the healthier, you know, the he healthier than thou turn off patients kind of thing that you were just talking about. Yeah, I've seen mixed and results so, there. Yeah. Right? So, like, yeah, I think those studies are mixed results. I think, you know, th there's also smoking studies. Yeah, I think, right. um, you know, that's a that's a real habit that I think people tend to not want their <laughs> physicians doing. Um, but, uh, you know, I, th I think uh, it can go back and forth. Um, so yeah, this, this research I'm looking at looks at uh, promoting that you, you know, that you practice what you preach can potentially backfire if it's if it's an over advertisement. So I think that's kind of what I was saying to what's his face that that was kind of our mantra back in the day. I mean, shoot, the whole podcast is called Docs Who Lift. We do want to promote the fact that not only we lift, but we want our patients to lift and we want everyone yeah. to do exercise. But there is a chance that maybe that would backfire if that, if that turns people off. So I guess I'd be interested to hear, yeah, maybe we should turn this podcast into a poll and hear from our followers. Like, what do, what do people think? That's I mean, I'm pretty sure it, it scared a few patients when you walked in with just your white coat on. <laughs> <laughs> That also got us fired. Again for the twelfth time. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, this is a short podcast. It's a. It's a good. It's. It's actually interesting. I mean, again, I, most patients tell me like it's just bedside manner. Like I, I'm sure I, I can imagine being intimidated. Like, oh, what does this guy know about obesity? He's never had to struggle. Mm -hmm. But then they, you know, see that I have a decent bedside manner, so um, uh, it ends up working out. Yeah.
Here, here's another, here's one last little thing. Here's a conclusion for an article that's kind of looking at all these studies that said, um, you know, in, instead of, uh, you know, really kind of forcing yourself out there on, uh, you know, on your healthy behaviors, it says instead it should realize that doctors who don't advertise healthy lifestyles may appear more approachable to some patients while super fit physicians may want to display That's... compassion and understanding toward patients who do not find exercise appealing, which I think we do. And I think is important for everyone to do. Yeah. Except um, that not you're to conform to stereotypical portraits of health. Your biceps are bulging through your coat. Every time you walk in, they're like, what is this? What is this guy? <laughs> God. But it is, but it is. So, you know, for clinicians listening to us who are, you know, also very, uh, passionate about lifestyle change, diet, exercise. I think we do have to be very careful uh, about how we approach that with patients. Because if we turn them off, then we just ruin it, right? Yeah, I don't. I mean, like the thing is, I'll never forget when I was in residency and like smoking. Like when you go in and tell me you need to stop smoking. It, it, if you know anything about motivational interviewing, they, they put up a wall. And you're supposed to roll with the resistance mm -hmm. and just kind of ask open-ended questions and all this stuff. When you start telling them not to do certain things without talking to them, that makes them more likely not to 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 follow yeah. your advice. So I remember going in with an attending, and um, I asked whether they, this this was right as an intern. Do you you know do you smoke? And the person said, "Oh yes, I do." And, and the attending goes, "Ew, gross!" And then walked out. And the person looked at me and looked, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." Like, they're they're so used to getting the finger wagged in them. And it's the same thing with obesity. Like, all right, have you? So the way you're supposed to go about it is ask, you know, can I? Can we talk about this? Or like, I don't want to like lecture you if you don't want to talk about your weight or anything like that. So like, you ask about it. Same thing with smoking. Mm -hmm. And so um, you go in with compassion and not this holier than thou like all right, we're going to get you doing squat, squat thrusts, hack squats. <laughs> and, and, I, to, I, I always, I always joke with them. I'm like, you know, I don't expect you to go out and start doing wind sprints up the dune. We have dunes here. Except that's what you Michigan. do. Bruh, I, I might do that, but I say, I don't expect you to go with me and start, you know, You're, I've seen you throw people on your shoulders and start doing those wind sprints. <laughs> You're like, get on my back. We're going to do wind sprints yeah. up this mountain. And, you know, and, and, you know, and I, and I, the same thing with the smoking, I even tell them because I actually have some other issues with smoking in my clinic. So because of Graves disease and uh, osteoporosis. And so, you know, I kind of say, like, I know everyone's trying to help you quit smoking. We all know all the risks. Um, and I know it's hard. I, and, you know, that's another thing. I think all clinicians should acknowledge that we understand that this stuff is not easy. Yeah, it's Just not... like obesity. If yeah. you're addicted to smoking, addicted to anything, they're going to start down. Oh, here's our outro. Here's our outro. All right, here's our outro. All right, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> this podcast is for entertainment and education and information purposes only. Remember, the physicians on this podcast are not your physician. It should not be considered professional or personalized medical advice. It should not be used to replace speaking with your physician or medical professional to discuss your specific health concerns. The topics discussed should not be used solely to diagnose or treat any condition. As a result, we are not responsible for any unwanted medical outcomes. The views and opinions discussed are of those of the host only and do not represent those of any other entities.